and that we love a chat. We love to help and that's a fact. So we have made it our mission to find stuff out. From diagnosis and education, slimming out of pure frustration. Chat to folks who've been there too, collect it together and share it with you. If you know someone we should speak to, send them our way and that's what we'll do. We like to have our sensory networks. You know what? Hi everyone, it's Jenny, Lorraine and Joel from Sensory Matters and today we're continuing our theme because it is Autism Awareness Month and, and week and day and everything else that happens in April around Autism Awareness. So last week uh, Joel and Lorraine chatted about awareness and this week we're moving on to talk about acceptance. So morning guys. Morning. Hi. Hi. Um, so what, what's the difference? Why is this important? Well, last week, just a quick recap, um, we talked about acceptance because it's obviously it originated as autism acceptance because not a lot of people, sorry, awareness, I'm getting my words completely mixed up. It originated as autism awareness because awareness is knowledge and people didn't know that much about autism. Obviously, yeah. as time's gone on, more and more people are aware of autism, but I think there's still people that aren't aware and there's certain people that aren't aware enough. Um, okay. Now, obviously, people want autism acceptance, which, again, it, it comes hand in hand. Joel keeps saying this. It comes hand in hand with awareness, acceptance. OK, so so what what is what's the difference? Well, I mean, for example, one is and I guess it kind of ties into knowledge as well. I don't know if acceptance and knowledge are sort of the same thing. So, for example, right now we have autism awareness with. I'm going to give an example of something that's really good, but not really practical. So the quiet opening times for supermarkets and whatever. Mm -hmm. So those are usually in um, inopportune times, like early in the morning. Mm -hmm. Now, some autistic people don't sleep very well, so they won't be up at that time. So that's good for autism awareness. So they're aware that... Um, People with autism struggle with crowds and that autistic people struggle with bright lights and struggle with sound. So the obvious thing to do is avoid that situation and give them a time where they can go and shop without all of that. Autism mm -hmm. acceptance would be, okay, these people struggle with this, but why don't we just bring it down to a level where neurotypical people and autistic people can live in harmony and it's for example, if it's at an eight, it would be at a six instead of at a four. The yeah. volume. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's a bit of a compromise between the, the, the two worlds to make it um, something that neurotypicals probably wouldn't even notice, but then makes it more accessible yeah. uh, for But all the time, not just yeah. at certain times. And I think it's also, and this is my opinion, I don't know if people will agree or not, is giving autistic people currency in their own spaces so okay, for that? example uh i don't know trying to think give me a second so um if there's an autistic fundraising event having yeah. people with autism on the committee that set up that event yes having yeah, them having all, like for, the, for the nhs like setting up the diagnostic criteria, having an autistic person sitting on that board. One or more, yeah, basically. Yeah. 
because I don't think that happens yet as such, or on the scale that it needs to. Okay. So making sure that that, that voice is heard when decisions are being made about that group of people. Yeah, in the same way that, I don't know, you wouldn't have... You wouldn't have something to do with diabetics without someone who has diabetes asked about it. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Or consulted about it. And it's a similar sort of thing. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. See, I need to have a little bit of a disagreement there. Because I think diabetes is a medical thing that only medical professionals that have researched it would know. A person with diabetes doesn't necessarily know as much as a medical professional about yeah uh, not not in term i wasn't thinking in terms of medical practice right. but maybe the awareness of it okay yeah do you know what i mean so if you're yeah. going into schools to talk about it yeah. having the experience of a person with diabetes there yes, to yes. go this is what i live with yes not not in yeah. terms of medical stuff as yeah. such yeah, and in terms of things like a a diabetic consultant might say, right, I think it's best that diabetic people do this every day and do that every day and inject this or do that or whatever it is to do with diabetes. But they really need the input from someone who lives with it and says, well, actually, that's not practical or you've not thought about this as, as well as, you know. So, yeah, I, I get completely what you're saying. And I think it's happening more now than it did with... Mm-hmm. Um, the autism community and autistic people but i think we still have a ways to go yes yeah see for me i think acceptance is about being a valid person um i remember years ago when i was in the process of jamie's diagnosis and my old boss said to me but do you really need to label her Mm -hmm. it's not a label it's a diagnosis but that then made me think that if i got jamie a diagnosis she wouldn't be accepted as a as a just every, any other child in the community, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, makes total sense. And and therefore not a valid person. And that really yeah. annoyed me. And it, then it makes me think as an adult, say if I was going for a job, I have to question whether I want to put my autism diagnosis on my application. Mm-hmm. And that, that shouldn't be a thing. And that happens with dyspraxia and dyslexia as well. Like, yeah. um, I'm a slight exception, but most, I know people who always just go, should I put it on there? And I always put it on there anyway. Yeah. I just, I'm reading this book, Our Autistic Lives, and it's um, individual people's, basically what, what they've experienced and different things. And a lot of them say that they've not disclosed their autism to their employer because they're scared they'll get sacked or, you know, not promoted. Yeah. And I just think that's so wrong. Just because you're autistic doesn't make you any less of an employee. In Mm -hmm. fact, in some situations, you probably would be better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think think it's it's about everyone, no matter whether you have a diagnosis or or not. Everyone has strengths and weaknesses. And, and, and we're all just people. So there'll be some people that will be good at some tasks and, and some people that will be good at other tasks. And it's nothing to do with a diagnosis or a disability. It's to do with that person's ability. And we've got to start looking beyond that and just looking at what the person is capable of. Yeah. 
I think probably where employers get scared is that if if they you know what what if you say to someone well you I, I don't think you're up for that um and then people interpret that as oh they're using that because of my autism but, but it might not be it might just be that that person or I hope it wouldn't be that that person's skill set and strengths don't match what they're looking for so I think it goes both ways as well and it would be wonderful if we could get to the point where none of this mattered you're just purely looking at the person and their skill set does that make sense yeah but that's difficult because autism comes with a set of difficulties like social difficulties and stuff that neurotypical people don't have to the same degree so you're not just talking about skills yeah, but the, uh, social things are skills in some ways, and equally, yeah, but they're, have... yeah, but they're skills that neurotypical people have an advantage over us on. That are but skills I mean, there that are, are many, yeah. many skills autistic people have that are possibly an advantage over neurotypical people. Yeah, but these are it, these are skills that society needs. That society needs you to get to be able to function in a way that society deems acceptable. I and think that's it really different. Depends on the job. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it does depend on the job. So for me, um, the job I did before this, I did a few jobs in that surgery. When I started at the surgery, I was uh, basically I input diagnoses from files. So patient medical records would come to me, and I would put all of the important information onto the computer. I didn't have to interact with anybody. And that was the perfect job for me. I literally just read through the files, put it on the computer, and that that was all I did. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, so I, I don't, I think Joel, you're right. I don't think we're there yet. I, d- I definitely don't think we're there yet. And what I'm talking about is an ideal. But I, I, I think that social skills, if you if you're going down that route, have um, have a time and a place and. There are plenty of jobs out there that don't require social skills, but require perhaps skills that um, a neurotypical may not possess as well as somebody else. And it's not about a neurotypical versus someone with autism. It's 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 about the skills. Yeah, because I'm not sure I could have worked on the reception desk in that surgery, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that would have suited me. Yeah. Whereas when I became a secretary... That was fine because you didn't see people, but you spoke on the phone and you had a script. Yes. Yeah, so I think it's all very different jobs. But I also think something that I realised about myself is if I'm at work, I'm at work 100%. I don't see the point in being half-hearted at work. Yeah. And I used to just think that was just part of my character. But now I'm pretty sure it's part of my autistic brain. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think I think that it, for me... And, and this is probably because of what we do, it's as simple as that. It is just pe- different people have different strengths and that's it. It's not about any anything else. But I think that's because of the, the, the world we work in and our awareness, acceptance and knowledge around it. Um, but going back to awareness and acceptance, can you have one without the other? No. No. Because... Well, I suppose you could have awareness but not acceptance. Um, you have acceptance no, yeah, you can't. It. That's what I mean. You can't have... Because the world is constantly changing, like, in terms of the autistic world. So, Mm -hmm. colours change, um, what's accepted changes, the language we use changes, the type of awareness we need changes. 
you can get to acceptance, but then if the world changes, you need that awareness again to get to that acceptance. So you start over again. So mm. if you imagine them as two lines running parallel and mm-hmm. they dip and they go away and they cross and they go away and then they cross and then they go away. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I see it is they both exist at the same time. It's just, they have different people doing, they have different people playing different roles. So yeah, think... Sorry, Chewy Gem, for example, play the role of awareness while mm-hmm. autistic people have to play a role in the acceptance part. If that makes sense. Not quite. No, I, um, sorry. So yeah. um, unless you're, so for example, unless you're autistic, I don't think um, you can fully fight for the acceptance part of it because it's your own experience and how you live. So I think the voices are the, the autistic voices are the ones that help with the acceptance and um, charities and businesses and whatnot help with the awareness of it. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. I'm trying to think... word it in a way that's not the way that I'm saying it in my head. I, I think because you said like Chewy Gem, because yeah. for me, Chewy Gem is acceptance because at Chewy Gem we've got autistic staff and lots of autistic input. Okay, wait, no, I've got the way I was trying to say it. Sorry, <laughs> hold up. Okay, so um, the people that face the public and the mass public are more aimed at acceptance because they will reach a wider audience and individuals are, sorry, awareness and individuals are faced at acceptance because they can have more in-depth conversations with one-to-one people so acceptance acceptance is like a smaller thing so it goes person to person to person while awareness you can do on a wider scale okay i get you so i i think what you're saying is if you imagine cars this is just the way i've got it in my head and someone driving a car or a big lorry and you've got one lorry which is the awareness lorry that would tend to be driven by organizations like ourselves or the National Autistic Society, et cetera, et cetera. And then you've got another lorry, which is all about acceptance. And that is driven by the people that live it and breathe it because they're the ones that can input it. But the people that are driving the acceptance lorry also have to work with the awareness lorry so that the awareness lorry can use its big weight to get that information out there and change policy, et cetera. But they can't do it without the acceptance lorry. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I think the awareness lorry has more of a vital role in reaching more people. So that's a big like DHL distribution company yeah. with lorries everywhere. And yeah. the acceptance one is they might go around town and they might go into a school and talk to people in school and then go to a different school and talk to people in a different school. So it takes longer and it's smaller groups. Yeah. So they're both as valid as each other. They just have different roles within the community. And also, if, if the awareness lorry is doing a good job, it should have people from the acceptance lorry loading boxes onto the awareness lorry. Or driving it, yeah. Or helping right. drive it or whatever, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, who knew we were going to end up talking about lorries? <laughs> I think that made sense. I don't know. I kind of yeah. That's that's a that's a. I like that. I'm going to use that from now on. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, why don't we take a break there and then we'll come back and yeah. Kind of see where we go. Back in a minute. If you don't already know, we have a new show over on Facebook. It's a daily show called Choose Round. It's Monday to Friday at 11.30 and we bring in routine and structure to your day. We'll include some daily news, some challenges, some exercise, giveaways and also some guest interviews. So go and check out our new show, Choose Round, on Facebook. Now back to the podcast. Okay, welcome back. So, yeah, we, we've kind of come up with possibly a new way of explaining awareness and acceptance through distribution networks and lorries, because it is all about that. Everything that we're talking about is making sure that the world becomes a better place um, for people on the spectrum. And to enable that, we have to raise awareness and we have to improve acceptance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that that's just the task at hand that needs done. And that's I don't think there's ever an end point to that. I don't think we'll ever reach a, a thing and tick a box going, yep, yeah, awareness done, acceptance done. Exactly what you said, Joel, is constantly evolving and changing and, and therefore that curve and parallel lines cross over and peak and trough. Um, so, yeah, we, we've kind of got a way basically saying that the, the two need each other, the kind of neuro, typically neurotypical world and awareness companies need the people shouting and screaming how they feel and what works for them to make sure that awareness and acceptance are constantly being moved forward yeah can i give you an example of why acceptance isn't there yet but awareness is more there yes it's the it's the typical you don't look autistic yeah because if you don't look autistic that means i know what autism is Yes. But I don't think you're autistic because you don't look what the way that I think you should look. So they're not accepting it, but they do know it's there. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Also things like just, I don't know, the details. So I remember seeing a video where someone said they were sensitive to light and they had a spotlight because obviously they were doing a video and someone point, put oh, but you have a spotlight, how can you be sensitive to light? And it's stuff like knowing that your, knowing that, um, your sensitivity changes from time to time and stuff like that, I think yeah. is yeah, really I'm, about, I'm starting a webinar today at 11 o'clock, which involves some sounds that people aren't going to like, including myself. But mm-hmm. that's the only way to demonstrate hypersensitivity to sound it's going to yeah. hurt my ears i'm probably going to put ear defenders on i'm going to put ear defenders on anyway to show that they help but just because just because you're sensitive to something doesn't mean you won't go through it to help others yeah yeah and also not not being on the spectrum but i find my sensitivities just vary yeah you know depending so- on how stressed out I am so it's sometimes you know I could be sitting and nothing bothers me and other times you know just some noise will drive me insane yeah and I think it's the same you don't have to have sensory processing difficulties to have issues with your senses from time to time yeah that's right and I think when everybody's tired stressed and anxious everybody's senses are heightened yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. so what what I mean I suppose if 
we, we know that it, there's no end goal other than always moving this forward and always trying to improve awareness, acceptance and knowledge. Um, what do you both feel is, is the next thing, the next thing that you would like to see just become commonplace knowledge, awareness and acceptance, if that makes sense? You go first and I'll go. I don't know if there's anything I want to see next. What I want to see all of the time is people being allowed to ask questions without getting their heads bitten off. Mm-hmm. I see a lot, a lot of people who may use the wrong language or ask a question. And instead of somebody saying, well, look, we actually prefer to be called autistic rather than have autism. Instead of explaining this to people, people seem to get really riled up. And yes. I think it's important to take a breath, understand that people aren't doing it to be malicious. Yes. Um, I mean, some people are. There will be nasty people out there, but you can't yeah, do anything right. about those nasty people. They'll always be nasty. Yeah. I think in general, I just want people to sort of take a step back. If somebody asks something or says something that you're offended by, take a few minutes to actually think about it. Did they mean that? Mm-hmm. How, how could you respond in a different way rather than just automatically getting angry? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think a really good example of that is from the, the, the programme Atypical, isn't it? When Doug goes to the support group um, and it's the first time he's gone and he, he just, you know, he's, he's trying to talk about his son, etc. And everyone in the group's just constantly correcting his language. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I've seen, because obviously at the moment we've got coronavirus and, you know, we're all locked in. I saw somebody who was on holiday and they've been kicked out of their apartment and they have to go home. And they're struggling, mm-hmm. they're not sure if they're going to get back. And everybody was like, you stupid person, we've known about this for two weeks, blah, 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 why the hell have you done this? And I just thought, oh, hang on a second, everybody makes mistakes. Yeah. Do we all need to shout at this person? Or how about somebody says, do you know what? Take a breath. I hope you get your, your transport home. I hope you get home safely. Because that person's probably sat there feeling awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think people just need to be nicer. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's your thing. What about you, Joel? So I have a few. Um, My first one is I'd like to see um, autistic children given choices. So like at school, if they struggle with sound, rather than just giving them one type of ear defender, because every type of ear defender is different and it might not work for them, them being given a choice, of the type of ear defender that they want and getting to try each one on. So that's more knowledge. Mm-hmm. And then um, the thing I said before about the more autistic people within their organization, within organizations. Having a voice. Yep. And then as well, the, I just hadn't, I lost it. Um, the thing I said about the, Um, supermarkets and stuff so reaching reaching that middle ground at least at least a bit more so maybe then just instead of having one day where autistic people can go and shop at a certain hour maybe just having like i don't know three hours between six and eight or something Mm -hmm. like expanding it past that one hour a week to maybe three days and it's three hours so you get used to the idea more and you can expand mm-hmm. it more than you can expand it more than people won't notice because it will be so commonplace. If you're doing yeah, it maybe, three hours every single day, then you increase maybe, four and five. 
Yes, and maybe different times. So maybe like one day is three hours in the morning, one day is three hours in the afternoon, one day is three hours in the evening. Yep. So it gives people more more options. Okay. All right, that sounds good. So is there anything else that we've not covered that you think is important? I don't know. Is there anything that people could be doing... I mean, I think, you know, whenever this month comes along, there's lots of um, social media activity. It will be interesting to see how that pans out this year with it being um, COVID-19 outbreak. But I'm sure there'll still be lots of um, shouting out for the awareness month. Um, And all of that's a great thing. And hopefully it will capture some more people. But outside of awareness month, what could people be doing to help move this along? Well, I think as I think um, I also think we lost the rain, but um, no, I think oh okay, sorry. I think that this happens a lot with like all these awareness months is they're good, but people mm-hmm. will put frames and stuff for the month because it's like popular and they're like oh autism exists and they forget for the whole year. That's what I mean. So what else could we be doing? I don't know. Just... Yeah, it's like people I... put their names, don't they? It's, it might be Autis- Autism Awareness Month now, but it's Autism Awareness Day every day yeah. in my house. You know what yes. I think would be good? And I said this before on another podcast. It wasn't last week. It was a while ago. Um, I said for younger kids and stuff is if you met in a sensory middle ground so if you got neurotypical kids and autistic kids together for an event that mm-hmm. spreads awareness yeah so it could be this is a really bad example but it's the only thing i can think of now for some reason and <laughs> imagine this silent and this would work silent bowling because bowling's probably an awful idea but imagine bowling and you have autistic people and neurotypical people bowling together and the conversations will start and then make friends and then suddenly it's not autism awareness once a month because you have a friend who's autistic it's you're meeting up with those people so you're learning more about it mm-hmm. yeah i think that might be a good way to go about it i mean it's just meeting people but like um in terms i remember what this was about this was about um like at pools when they have um, autistic hour pools it means that neurotypical people might not go mm-hmm. so then yes it's awareness but you're not you just aren't interacting with each other so it's finding a middle ground where you can interact with each other and finding events where you can interact with each other mm-hmm. and making those yeah, events acceptable for both yeah yeah and yeah. I, I think also um I'm thinking in terms of sensory aids and things that I speak to a lot of parents whose children have been told by teachers, oh, you shouldn't have a chewy gem. That's for babies. Yeah, that's so annoying. All of that needs to stop. Yeah. Yes. If teachers support, then children will accept. And that that right there is why we still need awareness. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's it's interesting because it's it's the adults that are the problem in that sense, because I'm just thinking, you know, you're saying have a time when um, neurotypicals and, and children on the spectrum can mix together. That happens at school all the time. Yeah. Um, 
and and the children are not bothered and they talk about it and it's like oh yeah so-and-so's got autism and so-and-so's got hearing aids and so-and-so's got this and it's just they don't think of it as anything different mm-hmm. it's just but you know as when... much as so-and-so went plastic but it's as soon as the adults start interfering <laughs> that it can go wrong often but yeah. this is where the event would come in because you'd then have the parents of autistic people and neurotypical people mixing as well and becoming friends. Yeah. So you have that extra awareness, acceptance part in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. it makes sense. Okay, good. Well, I feel like we've covered all sorts in that. That's been really interesting. Especially um, trucks. So that was my favourite. Especially what? Especially the delivery truck. That was my favorite. Yeah. We need to draw an image up, Joel. <laughs> yeah, we do. Turn it into yeah. a meme. Yeah, definitely. Brilliant. Well, thank you, guys, and we'll be, we'll be back next week. So thanks for your time. Okay, bye. Well, that's it for this week. And thank you once again for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you've got time and you can spare 30 seconds, then go and give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps other people find our content. And we know that our content and our episodes are so helpful to our community with lots of hints and tips and interesting interviews. So go and do your kind deed of the day and leave us a five-star review on iTunes to help others find us. Also, so that you never never miss an episode and you get a notification when a new one is available why not hit subscribe and that way you'll never miss us finally if you're not already a member of our fantastic facebook support group i suggest you go join it we'd love to see you in there there's loads of fantastic chat lots of peer-to-peer support from people in the same boat as you so go and search on facebook for the chewy gem sensory support group and let us know what you're thinking of our episodes speak to you then bye